What up, what up, what up, what up? It's brand new, fresh in the place to be, the Cowboys experience, and boy, we got a treat for you today. We got the the big, 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 big dogs on the show today. Mr. Mark Holmes, who I had the pleasure of meeting this weekend with the Cowboys Experience, brought to you by the Cowboys Experience, Mr. Barry Griffith. Make sure you check this out and like and share on this page. Get on this page and love this page. Brought Mark Holmes out. Law Nation, of course, you know how we do. And it's just Big Game James, and I'm just blessed to be with the vets, the dogs. I'm just I'm just glad to be in y'all's presence, man. Talk to me right now. Yes, indeed. <laughs> he said, ow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it, yeah. Wolfhound all day with these dogs, and he got the great you you the, you got the great beard, so you definitely wolfing it out here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows I'm old, man. Hey, hey. Say I'm old. Old I'm, and 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 rich in knowledge. You know okay. what? Um, this is your show. I'm gonna let you go ahead. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna go. I have a tendency to run on a lot, so I'm gonna try to keep myself uh, in intact here. It's all good. Be- I'm gonna bring all that flow out of you because we were talking a little bit earlier. You know. We might as well just jump right into it. We, we saw the we were there at the game. Law Nation, you know how it is. Philadelphia five game win streak now. We're beating those Eagles. It was a crazy game, heart attack like usual. That's how Dallas does. But guess what? The big topic of the day, of course, it was Amari Cooper. He was Player of the Week uh, with that performance. But Dak Prescott, well, we were talking off air about Dak Prescott, how he never seems to still get the respect he deserves at least because in this five-game win streak, he's been playing phenomenal. I looked at his stats. He's throwing six, complete 68% from the uh, from the uh, field, uh, as you would say, 3,100 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, only seven picks. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of picks, and he's averaging almost eight yards per pass. Talk to me, Mark. You was telling me a lot of things that he's not really getting his respect. Talk to me. Well, okay. You know, I, I understand that we are looking at a quarterback who is in his third year. Now, what has been told about this offense? You ask anybody about this antiquated offense. This offense is as old as I am. There's no creativity. Everybody says it's a junk offense. You had Des Bryant said it, Bryce Butler. Everybody will. Cooper just said it too. (laughs) Okay, right. Exactly. So to succeed in this offense that is limited, the fact that Dak Prescott is one of the higher rated quarterbacks with play action, yet we are middle of the road towards the end of using play action. The fact that this guy is better outside of the pocket via naked bootlegs and things like that, we don't use them. Um, It's limiting what he is able to do. But even with that said, now that you have some talented wide receiver instead of just a group of guys, you're looking at him beginning to open up. And the fact that, 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 to me, what's really telling was the fact of what Amari Cooper had said where they got into it, where they, were, they kept running the stop route, and it kept getting you know sat upon, and it wasn't doing diddly. He's like, we need to do the go route. He's like, look, just do what's called. Because Dak is following orders from Scott Linehan and, you know, and that whole mess. Right. And they finally end up saying, you know what, do the go route. Boom, mm-hmm. touchdown. So now you have to start wondering, is part of the problem, is it the – play calling and not getting this guy comfortable. Because if you look at Dak Prescott, and and we were talking before about his numbers when it comes down to crunch time, when he is in no huddle, Mm -hmm. he looks comfortable as can be. A lot of times when he comes back and you see him doing the seven-step dropbacks, he does not look comfortable. 
And see, the difference between our coaching staff is they have a set formula and we cannot deviate from it. Mm-hmm. When you look at a guy like McVay, when he went to the Rams, they took Jared Goff, who looked like he wasn't even uh, you know, a good college quarterback. Mm-hmm. He looked like a bust all over him, but they found the things that worked well with him. They coached him up and they brought him along to now one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. We don't have that. But with that being said, all of a sudden, the numbers are getting better week by week by week. But the fans, some of these people, if we only had a quarterback, we'd be in the Super Bowl. You know, Tony Romo never had this kind of talent that Dak Prescott. And I'm sitting there thinking, you realize that this whole offensive line is in flux. This offensive line isn't like the offensive line in 2014. And until you got Amari, you didn't have a Des Bryant-type talent or Jason Witten. So that's kind of where it kind of bothers me that we've got 30 wins over the last uh, three seasons, and this season isn't even over. And people just want to say, the hell with this guy. I'll take anybody over him. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Tell me, tell me what you feel about that law. Yeah, man, this is what I feel about it, man. I think that collectively, a lot of people don't watch the uh, the, the tape. They just look at mm-hmm. the broadcasting. So mm-hmm. they listen to what the broadcasters and the announcers say, and then they glue themselves to the seat, and they fix their eyes on Stephen A. Smith's of the world, the first takes, and the uh, undisputed. And these are the problems that trickle down throughout the entire nation. Right. Uh, they, they, they begin to feed into those narratives. And when they feed into those narratives, they develop their own opinions, which are negative, because that's mostly the uh, the narrative that that is. But the actuality of it is that Dak Prescott, as a young Dak Prescott, a developing Dak Prescott, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And of course, I do know that he had tons and tons of issues. But the moment that we begin to defend him, then we become homers or we become Dak Prescott apologists. But the truth of the matter still remains the same. 30 wins, man. I don't care how it's done, big game, James. This trifecta that we got going on right now, or quadruple it because we got producer G in the background right, right there. Right. This <laughs> is what we need to do, baby. Hey. All we need to do is just win. I don't care how uh, – hey, sometimes when you shoot that shot and you goes in, you say ugly but deadly. As right. long as we get those W's, fam, right. Right. I'm happy, man. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, if you look at his three seasons, he was thirteen and three his first year, nine mm-hmm. and seven his second year, and he's currently eight and five. So he's been a winning quarterback every single season, but yet he still doesn't get the respect. Everybody's like, "Oh, if he would have did better, if he still could have did this, or he still could have did that." I, I I don't understand it because, like I said, I've been I can't lie and say I haven't been frustrated with Dak. I had my feelings about Dak. But you know what? When it comes down to it and I watch him, it keeps coming back to me that he is a warrior. He's a fighter. He's a leader of men, and people follow him. And at the end of the day, we were dead to rights at three and five. We were dead to rights at three and five. Everybody was just like, yeah, you know, it's over. I was like, you know what? What's going to happen at the end of this year? But – to throw Dak in there, but I also got to give Jason Garrett some credit because I'll be bashing the hell out of just some Jason Garrett. I'll be saying, you know what, we ain't going to win with him. We ain't going to do this. But since he's been the coach, not counting when he became the interim coach and he won, went 5-3 and three when Wade uh, Phillips got fired, uh, but when he's been a whole full season, I've never seen him win a 3-5 and five record and go on a five-game win streak like this. He's always kept the team. The team has always fought for him. If they, I can always say that they have always fought for him no matter what. 
And now, you guys, now I want to get your thoughts on Jason Garrett because now you see a five-game win streak. He's never been a three and five, and now he's got an eight and five record. What do you really think about him? Do you think he can really take us to the promised land? What's going on? Not just Jason Garrett. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Somebody else got to jump in. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Not just Jason Garrett. This is not just Jason Garrett. The thing is, it's Scott Linehan. I got to go with that. We ha- we know we needed help when, when Jason Garrett was running this team many years ago when they, when we needed some defensive help and they had, uh, was it what, what Rob Ryan or what, Matt, what was the, what was the defensive coordinator? Rob name? Ryan. He, Rob, Rob Ryan, and we had right, so, uh, Monty Kiffin, that old dinosaur, that one year. Yeah, so I'm not all on Team Jason Garrett. Okay. I understand that somehow he got some pictures or something of <laughs> of Jerry Jones. There's got to be his son or something, right? That is but his neither son. here nor there. My thing is, okay, I, I love this, and I'm going to use Tyson West Coast uh, Cowboys uh, analogy here. Just because you don't like my wife cooking, I'm not going to leave her. So that means just because you don't like her, like, like, like my wife cooking, that means I'm not going nowhere. So what else can we can do better? You know what I mean? Right. So he put it in those fashions. I might have dropped the ball on that. But just because you don't like my wife cooking, I'm not leaving her. So what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Just because we don't like Jason Gere, we understand that Jerry Jones, that's his boy, that's his son, or what have you. So only thing that we can look at and hope for and dream for that we saw the element that Chris Richard brought to the team, right? Somehow, yeah. one way or another, Jerry Jones don't need to let that guy out of the locker room because what he does on the defensive side of the ball, he just brings in that tenacity. He holds everybody accountable. Attitude. Each one, teach one. Remember that part right. of the uh, situation when he came in there? Right. And he said, look, hey, I want the opposition to think before they throw that ball. And that's what we saw the last two games. The, the, the brain process of Drew Brees. He had to think before he threw the ball. So moving over to the offensive side, nothing changed. Red zone always been a nightmare, even if you go into Tony Romo days of the world. People have amnesia. They think that Tony Romo threw every touchdown when he was in red zone, right. Monday zone, green zone. We still having that same problem, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is. My only hope would be for the Cowboys to go out there and grab a young offensive coordinator, be wise enough and say, Kelly Moore, I understand that you're the quarterback coach for right now, but let's just move you to a subject matter expert. and We're going to bring in somebody else to help groom the young Dak Prescott to help him out better. I feel you. I feel you. Now, I see Mark over here because I know he – me and uh, Mark talked a little bit about Jason Garrett, so I'm going to get right. your feelings on uh, Jason Garrett right quick, Mark, but let me give a few shout-outs to some new – you know, since this is the first time on the Cowboys experience, so we definitely got to bless everybody. Like I said, Big Game James, Law Nation, Mark Holmes, these guys are the vets of the nation, but let me give you a few shout-outs uh, that everybody who's tuning in, Eddie Woodcock, Ricky Rosero, uh, Mama T is in here, Cortland Horns, and then Millstone, Rita Duche, uh, uh, Chaz Jewel, Kevin McFadden, Danny Smith, Frank Molina, Sia Moore, Brandon Purify. Uh, the list goes on. We'll keep on giving you shout outs. Lon Stick Mitchell. Uh, okay, I like that name. Curtis Harris, Buddha Shabazz. But, you know, giving a shout-outs to everybody, we appreciate y'all tuning in for the Cowboys experience and listening to us talk about Cowboys football. But I'm going to bring it over to Mark White uh, right quick because, like you said, Law uh, gave his little thoughts on Jason Garrett. I'll, I'll have my thoughts later. But uh, you tell me a little bit. There's a five-game win streak, though, Mark. You know what I'm saying? Are you thinking, do the playoffs really got to matter with him or what? Okay, 
Well, here's the, re- the reality. It doesn't matter what we think. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett's coming back. We all know for whatever reason, you know, uh, Jerry believes in him. <laughs> you know, his father worked for the organization and everything else. You know, maybe he knows where the bodies are buried and everything else. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, he's going to be back. And I don't want to like Jason Garrett. I have always been a D- Jason Garrett basher. Me and Vosh have had arguments about Jason Garrett and things. But I have to give him credit where credit is due. Because I see what's going on right now in Washington with some of their players. Their linebacker basically said on Instagram or Twitter, um, F this team and the fans. You have Swearinger every week come through and talk about how they don't practice enough and how stupid the coaching staff is. We could have been that team at 3-5. and Mm -hmm. We're hearing Mm -hmm. about who's going to be the next coach that Jason Garrett is playoffs or bust, you know, and we were looking at offensive coordinators and looking at everything. And all of a sudden you're looking at all of the question marks and everything else. And it's real easy for everybody to turn against themselves. And that's what's happening in the, with the Redskins. The Redskins are a complete dumpster fire, mm-hmm. but somehow they kept this locker room together. They kept them, kept them focused. And they ended up going through and doing things that nobody thought they could do. They thought for sure, there's no chance. That a three and five team, after losing to the Titans, you're gonna get slaughtered by the Super Bowl champions. You right. go to Atlanta, you know, oh Atlanta, you know, tough place to play. You know, you go in there and beat them. You know, and you get this winning streak going. Now, my problem is is I still see some of the same problems that we have before. You know, we get down the goal line, first down on the, you know, first goal on the four, and we, you know, you, you want to run out the clock, and here it is, we're passing the ball and stopping the clock and giving other teams opportunities. Um, I still go back to some of the ways we've lost games, where we've been up 26 to three against the Green Bay, and you're still passing the ball like crazy and allowing another team to come back. I worry about those game situations and clock management in the playoffs, and I'm not sure that we've corrected them because I still see some of that. But with that being said, maybe a leopard can change its spots because when we were in that overtime, when it was fourth down, usual guess Jason Garrett would have kicked the field goal. Mm-hmm. Played it safe. We, we all know he yeah. would kick the field goal any other time. Right. But they ended up saying, you know what? We're going to try and stomp on their throat. We're not going to let them have the ball. Not going to give them a chance. thing to a victory. Yeah, and, and, and that's what the biggest thing, Mark and, and Law, that stood out to me was, you know, if he kicks this field goal, they still have a chance. So right. by him coming out there and saying, we're not going to give them a chance, that like, okay, this is what we've been waiting for forever. I don't know what made you start doing this. I don't know, is the job on the line? or people stressing you? I don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, like, I never tried to hate Jason Garrett. I never wanted to hate him or anything like that. But my thing is this. Nine years in, I don't care what anybody says. If you're at a job and you're trying to get results, nine years in, you need to have results. You're in this game to win championships. You're coaching for the Dallas Cowboys. We're not the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns. We're not the these teams that just don't win every year. We have a tradition. And we are winners. That's what it is. And you have a, a, a certain mantle to really step onto. I mean, you have the second most wins behind Tom Landry. So I look at that. So if you have all those wins but only have one playoff win, I still have to come at you like that. You would expect it because that's the right thing. Now, 
you have the eight and five record. I'm happy. I'm excited. But at the end of the day, with me, with Jason Garrett, is playoffs. Okay, playoffs. Not what you're doing right now. Exactly. It's not what you're doing right now. We can have the great win streak, and it doesn't matter if we go f- win the rest of the games this year and we lose in the first round of the playoffs. You feel me, fellas? It does not matter if we do all this and we lose in the round. Playoffs is what is going to dictate Jason Garrett to me. And, bruh, if you don't get at least to an NFC championship, what, did that, what, did, what does that mean because you came back? You understand what I'm saying? It needs to matter in the playoffs when it really counts. Yes, indeed. And uh, <clears throat> where can we do to correct those things? The best thing that we can do, big game, James, is when we we need to figure out how to score in the money zone, green zone, red zone. Man. That's been our detriment for the last few months or what have you. So my years. Thing is, well, years, yeah. I've been saying it for the years. But I think that this team gets so past happy that they kind of get so smart, they stupid. When they get down there to the money zone, give get do what gets whatever got you there, continue to do that. Right. We get into the money zone. We line up shotgun. We go to this vertical offense look, and then it's just crazy to me that they send everybody vertically. And you already heard what Mark Holmes said earlier about the uh, the, the kid, uh, Amari Cooper, talking about, hey, I saw the play that was called in. I immediately told him, no, that would not work. Somebody need to do the same thing. When we get into the money zone, need to get into the more power. Eye, eye formation, off eye, pro set run this thing, make sure you move in 23 personnel, do something like that, opposed to getting into the shotgun and running those vertical pop, vertical routes when we know for sure that Dak weakness is just throwing the fade route. He's not good at that right now. And also, when you line up everybody wide open like that, he got to go through your reads real quick. Dak is not, he's not, that's not his strong suit. So give him in rollouts, do a whole bunch of other things. I'm not the offensive coordinator, but good Lord, we can improve ourselves in the money zone just by doing those small little things. Well, you know, and and I want to ask you this, Mark, and I want to talk a little bit about Amari Cooper because he's been a godsend since we've traded for him, and people were bashing, "Oh, you spent a first round pick, you shouldn't have did that." And I don't, I, I never understood that because when you have a first round pick, it's not guaranteed. You are getting a guaranteed young player who's already produced, so why wouldn't you be okay with that? But what do you think about Amari's comments, Mark? Uh, number one. Because I, it, to me, it was a breath of fresh air. It's to me is a player is coming out and saying, you know what, these players before were saying it, and I'm a soft spoken person, and I'm saying it like I'm coming out the huddle, like, come on, man, we ain't running this again. Are you serious? I liked it because maybe that put Scott Linehan on blast. I want him just gone, but maybe it helps maybe change something this year. But what do you think, Mark, about the addition of Mari Cooper, the comments, the addition? What has he really meant to the team? Oh, my God. It's Okay. I got a lot of flack because, you know, I look at Des Bryant, and for whatever reason, Des Bryant and Dak just never clicked. Tony Romo and Des clicked. They had it you know, together, you know, best buds and everything else, they can make it work. But there was constantly this thing that just did not work out. And with the amount of money you're paying Daz and stuff, I was like, you know what, we're maybe better off moving on and starting all over and thinking that a group of guys would be good enough. But clearly they did not have the talent that Amari Cooper had. Now it's amazing because Amari Cooper coming from the Raiders had 280 yards in five games and looked like, one of our guys that we had on our team now, but you can see coming here and working and getting a relationship and a repertoire 
he's happy, he's excited, he wants to produce. And I, in fact, love the fact that they're looking and beginning to say, you know what, this isn't going to work. I know I can beat this guy. I know I can get open. Because when you start playing with guys, when you start knowing them, that was what happened with Tony Romo and Jason Witten. Tony Romo changed the plays a lot of times. Tony Romo made up for a lot of deficits on this offense and made it work because of his skills, because he knew where Jason Witten was going to be or Des Bryant was going to be. And that's what, unfortunately, if we continue running this offense with Scott Linehan, if we want to see big plays like we did with Tony Romo and things, most of Tony Romo's big plays were on broken plays that he basically made up on the fly. We're going to need to see Dak be able to develop that. And with Amari Cooper and those two, you can see that be, that dynamic beginning to get there. And to me, that is incredible. If they can get a tight, tight end, and I got to tell you, Blake Jarwin. Was Man, he looked all right. But he is coming along <laughs> bit by bit. Because a couple of times it was like, why is this dude on right, the team? Exactly. But if he can develop a tight end into that security blanket. so Because you look at Dak, he takes sacks because he's trying to make a play and he holds on to it too long. He's waiting for somebody to get open. He's searching for that guy. But when you have, like you know, Carson Wentz has with Zach Ertz, that guy that, okay, the shit's breaking down. Let me hit that guy because I know where he's going to be. To me, that's going to be an incredible dynamic. But I think that also spells doom for Scott Linehan. Yes, indeed. A quarterback best friend always. We'll always be the tight end and also trust in the pocket. And uh, those are two things that we, we're we going to have to evaluate down the line, unfortunately. Well, you know what? Uh, just like both of you said, I was very impressed. You know, I was kind of hyped up on Blake Jordan in the beginning because of his size. He was he looked good at training camp last year. I mean, a really good size. And you could see even when he played against the Eagles, I mean, seeing him up close, he had a lot of good size over those Eagles defenders. I mean, he's almost about 6'8". He's just not as big as like a Rico Gather as far as the muscular frame. Uh, but he's kind of a long, linear type of six, eight, six, seven. So he can mm-hmm. kind of get kind of skirt out when he catches the pass, and he can do a lot of run out of the catch. So just like you guys were saying, if Dak can get more of that security blanket when things break down, he can dump it off and not just to a Ezekiel Elliott every time, and he can dump it off to that tight end and get that five or six yards. Like maybe it's on a first down. It's a lot better on second and four because a lot of problems what we have on our offense is we, we mess up on first down, we get bad penalties. It's it's first and 20 now or second and 11, and then we get out of our offense and what we try to dictate all over the defense. And that's what the problem is. We get back and down and distance too, too much, and then we have to get out of the offense and start throwing the ball everywhere. I don't like when Dak passes like 55 times a game. I mean, I love him, but I don't like when he passes that much. I like when he's throwing about 30-something time and Ezekiel's getting the ball 20-something times. That is a great mix to me because it's a great balance on either side and just like you said mark Dak just b- plays better when it's a hurry up when he's when he's in the flow and he can get right to the line and he can just start kind of improvising and do it what the way he wants the offense runs so much better how many times have we seen in the game when we're scoring no points and a team scores like 10 points on us then all of a sudden we go to that hurry up and it's like where did this where was this offense why are we <laughs> waiting till the freaking fourth quarter to make this happen when we can do this all game to a team yeah, you're gonna have to have some 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 high energy to do it the entire game. Hey, uh, it can but, happen but, but though. Our football, but but our football is top. You know, and, and those who are out there knows what I'm talking about when I'm talking about top. Time of possession. If we can win the time of possession, then we can win most games. 
And uh, it's it just one of those things where is if we can control those things and we can get to the money zone and just score <laughs> beyond the field goal, then, then we'll, we'll look at this whole entire landscape different. We looked at we'll look at the Saints game different if we were score touchdown opposed to kicking field goals, and we'll look at this last week game different if we were to score when we got into the uh, to the money zone differently. We'll look at it a whole lot different. But I got to thank for both of you guys right now because we've okay. been talking. We ain't scored points, but we got that defense, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this defense because how long? And me and you are on the bus, Mark. How long has it been since we've had to be able to see a defense like the '90s for me? Like when we were really excited about our defense can shut people down. And right now we have a defense that can travel. We can take that defense to a opposing any opposing team and shut them down, I feel like, because we have the horses. We have the mindset, just like you said, Law, we're bringing in Chris Richard. And another slept-on guy is Ben Bloom, who took over at linebacker coach uh, when um, – uh, what's his name? Left over to uh, the Colts. I can't uh, – tell me his name here in a second. Eberflus. E- so Eberflus. everybody was kind of worried when Eberflus left, all oh, the defense going to fall off. He was supposed to be the next coordinator. Ben Bloom slide right, right on in. Got these linebackers, LVE playing like a monster, Jalen Smith playing crazy people I was down on Damian Smith and he's played steady this year with Sean Lee being out and what do we think about last year Sean Lee goes out David Irvin's out our whole defense goes to hell now we're not even missing these guys you got Sean Lee who's been out David Irvin who's been out Joe Thomas who's been was real nice those first few games and I thought he was gonna be a great addition he's barely even played so when you look at the collective coaching and the talent talk to me about this defense fellas well now, let's do truth in advertising now. Jalen Smith is night and day better than he was last year. Mm-hmm. That's big impact right there because he was playing on one leg, and now he's got more experience. That dude is like a freight train coming at you. And when he tackles you, you're going down. Technique-wise, is incredible. And then, of course, you get Van Der Esch, who, my God, to get him as a rookie makes all the difference in the world. But I think the biggest key is, Chris Richard being there has helped the passing game, but I think having Rod Marnelli basically work with just the defense. To me, he is like the Yoda when it comes to defensive linemen because he takes guys that nobody thinks about. You know, when we had George Selby, a German who only had three sacks in four years, turned him into a guy that got eight sacks on the Cowboys' defense. He took a Jason Hatcher who averaged about three or four sacks and got him 11. Mm -hmm. Got those guys paid. Right. So what he's been able to do with that defensive line, you know, we end up losing a taco. He can't even right now even get, you know, on the active squad last week and stuff, you know, and, and he's out here having, you know, making Instagram stuff, talking about practice and everything else because he needs to get on the field. But what he has been able to do with that defensive line, and I have always said it, if you've got a pass rush, it makes your cornerbacks, your linebackers that much better. So to me, moving Rod Marinelli to focus in on the defensive line has been as big as having Chris Richard working and teaching and educating these guys. You know, I was looking at, uh, I took so many pictures, I got so much content, I haven't even had time to go through thanks to Cowboys experience. I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But I was sitting here looking, I took three pictures um, in a row in one play. And you saw Van Der Esch, and you looked, you know, filling filling the hole. You saw Jalen Smith coming out and getting the next hole. Every single line across there was filled, every gap. And as you went to the next picture, you see everybody converging at the ball. There mm-hmm. were only 10 men around the ball carrier because you do not see guys break tackles. 
Right. Often on this defense. Yes, indeed. And uh, they, and I love it. I love it, man. Go ahead, Law. Yes, yes, yes. I was saying that I, lo- I love the fact that I- I'm going to have to give credit to Jerry Jones for mm-hmm. empowering uh, Will McClay to go out there and make the, the decisions to get most of those guys out there on the defense. And then also I, I have to give credit to Chris Richard for what he's doing out there. And please, everybody, don't sleep on what Rob Marinelli is doing. Rob Marinelli got this front four being able to create pressure without blitzing. That's that's amazing thing because a lot of times the quarterback like to get that ball out to their high reads. But guess mm-hmm. what? You got A B playing out of his mind. You got uh, when Jordan Lewis was substituted in when they get into their not nickel packages or even they dive, he's playing out, uh, out there well. And then also we got to look at Byron Jones. My <laughs> yeah. goodness, right, man, he's all year, hey, all year. And that what Chris Richard said, I, I won't laugh. Mm-hmm. I want the strength. Mm-hmm. I want to play with that mean tenacity. Right. When he plays up close on that line, and I'm telling everybody, man, that changes everything. The front four always been good. You can look at 2015 front four. Right. They was getting to the quarterback. It's just that those DBs were so suspect. And even 2016, the DBs. But I, I just love the fact that what this team is doing with the defensive front line, and that, and, I, and I'd be remiss to add what Jalen Smith is doing. And uh, and the guy that I was so wrong that I'm so happy that I'm wrong. Yeah, now I wish that Taco are. can prove me. <laughs> exactly. I wish, Taco, I wish I was wrong. Taco. <laughs> Please, Taco, prove <laughs> us wrong because uh, right now you're proving a lot of people right right now. Right. I'm right on Taco, but I'm wrong on LVE. Right. If there's a way, football guys, make me wrong on Taco. Please, I'm begging you. Let's back up for a second, though. <laughs> don't, don't give up on him yet because I want you to think back to two years ago. Okay. But people thought about Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. Think about it. You know, his first year he had the sack in, in the playoffs where, you know, one of those the playoffs against the Lions and stuff. He had two sacks there, but nothing during the season. Then the next year he had eight, I believe it was. Yeah, he had eight next year. year. But, 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 but this is the thing. Mark, but there's, a, there's that, a little bit of difference with that, though, Mark, because there's a little bit of difference with that because, see, when 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 yes. hold up, hold up. When De, Demarcus Lawrence came in, you could mm-hmm. see the potential. When he came in and got them eight sacks, you could I, see I agree, it. I'm just saying, yeah, Taco's not that guy that can do that. Time out then. Let me give you another one. How about Byron <laughs> Jones going into the season? Okay. Did okay, you see okay. him being the number one cornerback in the NFL? You didn't, but you also knew he was a better corner than safety. You knew if right. you put him in the corner position and you knew if you got a good coach, he would he would play good. He was never, like I said before, Byron Jones was never a high INT guy, so they didn't even have to look at that with him because he was never that guy. He was a sticky guy just like Cheeto is. They're sticky corners. They're not going to get a lot of interceptions because they never did it before, but they're always going to be in their hip. Even if the, a lot of passes that people have completed on Cheeto, he's been right there. I've seen some passes that Stafford threw, and I don't know how he completed on Cheeto because they were crazy. And Cheeto plays sticky he does have to turn his head he does have to do those things but at the end of the day I I, I didn't I knew that if Byron Jones played a corner I wouldn't didn't think he was going to do this I'm not didn't I'm gonna keep it real let, let I didn't think he was going to do that let me ask both of you what's uh you saw Taco in person right yeah uh, game. yeah how big is how big is he's he a big boy he's a big boy what's his weight I mean he's about every bit of 285 now I mean he got a lot bigger what, when he when he what first if I told you 
all offseason, you make him 310, you put him in the inside since he don't got the bend. He I got mean, the height. He, that's, but see, that's a way you can do that with him because he is a type of guy, When even when he was at Michigan, I, I seen him was at Pickerington, but even when he was at Michigan, he was the type of guy that had to play all game. He had to play the whole game, and he's not a right end. The problem is Demarcus Lawrence is not giving up that left end spot. That is Taco's spot. He's a left end. He cannot play the right side. If you watch him play the right side, it looks unorthodox, and it doesn't look right on him. He's not a right end, but they're trying to put him at right end because he's a first-round draft pick, so they keep sliding him in the right end so they can give him work, but he's not better than Randy Gregory, so you have to take him out because Randy Gregory offers you more than Taco, so he's behind DeMarcus Lawrence, and he's the only time he's going to get in is when DeMarcus Lawrence gets tired, and when he gets in, he's not that type of guy that can come in and start and stop and have that type of production. He's not that dude, so therefore, you're seeing the struggle going on with him because as long as we keep DeMarcus Lawrence, Taco is not going to get that chance. Mark Holmes, you may be right then. <laughs> I would hate for Taco to go to another team and he just be like, oh, wow. But he if he gets off. a starting spot at the left end, you could probably see. But I still yeah. don't think Taco, as much as I love Taco, I still don't think he's like a 10, 12 sack guy. Hey, guys, no, let me jump in here for a second. I'm sec. not ready to go ahead and say that he's a bust yet either. No, not, no, no, not I'm not me. saying he's a bust, but he's not a 10, 12 sack guy. Truth be told, because of the way that draft was shaken up, there were not a lot of pass rushes that were going to be able to be around by the time we – TJ Watts. Oh, <laughs> See, now you're going back to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just playing with you, Mark. Man. Go ahead. <laughs> I agree. Um, but they're a certain size. There's a certain length mm. that the Cowboys look for, and he did not fit their mold. They weren't going to draft the TJ Watt. Just that's where sometimes, you know, the, the bottom line is, can the guy play? That's what you really have to look at. Forget this, you know, prototypical crap. We've seen guys that are the perfect six foot four, cannon for arm, you know, quarterbacks that can't do shit in the NFL. Right. But when you look at them, oh, that looks like a quarterback. Some people just have it. Some people just don't. And they kind of are thinking, we can get a cornerback later because there's a lot of cornerbacks. We got to go ahead and get this guy. And he has some skills, but it's very, very raw, and you need time to develop it. At least in my mind, I I could be completely wrong. He may be one of the few first round picks that they've really missed on, but I think given time and given some work and getting some maturity, he'll be better. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I think now, producer G is going to jump yeah. in here right quick. Yeah, let me just jump in here with a few shout outs because we got a lot of people watching on the Cowboys Experience Facebook page, and we appreciate everybody. If we don't hit your comments, keep watching. We're going to try to bring the show to you every week. Keep the comments coming. Joe Tranchino, what's going on? Chaz Jewell, Ryan Dye, our guy, Eric Kashani, Steven Valdepina, Jose Marin. He says, I never thought all three of you would ever do a show together. It's about time, guys. Keep doing more shows like this. All righty. Paulette says, watching the replay of the game right now. And Ron Garrett's in there. Appreciate you guys. And have you guys had a chance to tell them about what happened this weekend during the Cowboys experience? Well, we got it. We talked about it a little bit, but since you brought it in, we might as well bring all the whole shading up in here. Well, you know, basically, like you said, you see the Cowboys experience at the bottom. Uh, basically, Law basically started off. You you met Barry. Um, Y'all had some great talks, and uh, you, you kind of introduced me to him. And once I met this man, I, I had nothing but, man, much love for him. Um, brings us down. You know, Mark, you came down as well. We brought us down, took us. Man, it's like a down-home Southern type feeling, you know, when you come down and you're just taking care of great hotel rooms, food all day, drinks all day, 
Zach Martin all day, Travis Frederick all day, Jeff Heath all day. Just just the experience is like second to none. And then to go to the game where you could be at a standing room only, chilling, watching, you're at the bottom getting to see those guys firsthand, getting to see how the closeness, getting to see the realness. And like I said, it's firsthand. Second to none, the Cowboys experience. This is my second time being able to do it, and I just can't get enough of it. I have nothing but high praise uh, for Barry and what he's done uh, for all of us, bringing us together to for us to be able to do this. So um, if you really uh, – what you need to do is get on that Cowboys experience, like and share this page, get on the website, find out about how you can experience this for yourself because I am guarantee you if you experience this for yourself, you never want to stop doing it for sure. Yeah. Can you guys tell me, tell us like what your favorite part of it was? I mean, the, the, the great session, man, uh, being able to, uh, to physically shake the hands of the players and get the autographs is, is fantastic fans. For those who are out there who, who don't like the Cowboys, but love them. Like I do, mm-hmm. you got to love them to be out there, to be able to just be in the mix with those guys. And then on top of that, the pricing, I mean, Barry does a wonderful job, but the pricing is so low for you guys. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. ninety-five. The max you can pay is like ninety-five dollars, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark can tell you about those things or those expos that he go to. Oh. Mark, you go ahead and tell him how much the normal price is right now. Well, what always happens? I, I always end up getting autographs and stuff, t-shirts, mm-hmm. and, and for giveaways and things like that. But they come up in Chantilly every year, and it's fifteen dollars a day just to walk into the door, not to get any autographs just to be able to go in there. They have all kinds of vendors and stuff, which is great and stuff. But depending on the player, the cheapest you'll ever see is about $40 for one autograph. And depending on who it is, you know, um, I think Zach Martin, I think I paid $65 for just for his autograph. You got Dak Prescott, man, it's like $145, $150 or, you know, and so on. So each player you are paying a premium for. And even if you don't get the autographs, um, you're in the area. You are within feet of those guys. You know, we had the whole uh, $20 thing where if you mentioned Media Row, you got to get in, be part of the atmosphere. You saw, you know, Drew Pearson out there answering questions and stuff. You were hanging out with the trophies and things. It did cost 95 if you're getting all those guys' autographs. But I got to tell you, I usually spend a couple hundred dollars every time the autograph show comes up each time when we have Cowboy players. But for me... The coolest thing was was actually riding over on the bus to the game yeah. and get to know all the people that were there because like uh, there's uh, these two ladies that are going to be at the game this weekend. Uh, forgive me, I'm the name butcher and I'm terrible with names, but getting to know that they're from Indianapolis and things like that, meeting Big Game James and doing that live stream or excuse me that that uh, post game with him riding back over. For me, it was meeting all the other cowboy fans and things like that, and of course uh, having an interview with Drew Pearson. (laughs) Right. And getting him to talk about how he would go to jail (laughs) if he (laughs) rules back in the day because he would have been like stealing on these sorry-ass quarterbacks. (laughs) Hey, Eric Kashani, he wants to know how was it to getting to meet Lincoln Coleman? Oh, Lincoln was incredible. Lincoln is cool. Lincoln is cool as ice water. I mean, like that dude is like – I mean, you know how some NFL players, let's keep it real, they act like they don't want to talk to you. They act like they don't want to be bothered. They're just here to do their thing, and they don't really want to mess with you. Even the old schools, I've seen some old schools just kind of just don't want to deal with you. 
Um, and just the fact that, you know, I got to interview, you know, we got to interview Lincoln Coleman on Silver and Blue Nation, and I was just really geeked up to finally meet him. And just to see how he embraced me, like, he was just giving me a hugs and like, yeah, we're going to do this interview, and yeah, we're going to kick it. And I mean, that was just – that was just like super exciting to me. Like I was just like, man, this dude is just like super cool. He's just like one of the guys, you know, he's just, he's just one mm-hmm. of the dudes. And then when I got to see Drew Pearson again, I mean, I was the first time I was kind of awestruck when I saw him because honestly, I never thought I would meet Drew Pearson in my life. I always watched him when I was young and a kid and the Hail Mary and just Tony Hill and just him in them eighties. I just loved it. And to actually be there and look at him and be like, yo, I was watching you, dude, like faithfully. You were the man. And I'm like, in your presence. I'm sorry. You, I just, even now, when he was just standing next to me, I was like, that's Drew Pearson. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, hey, guys. You know what we need to do, guys? Real talk, man. Real talk. Let's be 100. We need to start a petition. Everybody that's live right now and get Drew Pearson in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. We need to start a petition right now. Because I look at the Hall of Fame. Can you... Can you tell the NFL story without well, him? Real can quick. You, can you name the Hail Mary without him? Real right? quick. Before we move on to that, Marquita Yvette wants to know where can she find out more about the Cowboys experience before you get into Drew Pearson? Oh, easily. Just go to www.cowboysexperience.com. There you go, Marquita. <laughs> there it is. And make sure you look it up and get on it. Um, I don't know if it's still – I might not know if it's booked up now, but – Make sure you tell us, tell them that we sent you. Yeah, make sure you definitely yes. tell them we sent you. Definitely tell them you watched this show uh, more than anything else because this is going to be going on a weekly thing. Um, but, yes, the the experience to me was just like uh, just like Mark said. I got to finally meet Mark. You know, I ain't going to lie. Seeing you, you know, before we started this um, on, on the media thing, me and Producer G – I saw Law Nation. He was a guy that I reached out to because I was just very impressed about his work and really just like watching him. And then I seen Mark Holmes, and Mark Holmes to me was like the godfather of the Cowboys stuff. I was like, this dude is like the the godfather, man, like for real. Like he got the doll. He's he's got the doll. He's got everything. Like I, and so you know what I mean. So when I saw you, I kind of just like, man, is he gonna talk to me? You know what? I don't care. He's Mark Holmes. He gonna I'm gonna make him talk to me. <laughs> he told me yeah, it was shy. Indeed. I was like, "You gonna talk to me, buddy? I'm gonna make you." <laughs> Laura was yes, saying indeed. something about Mark Holmes, the man. Here's the thing: you want to do though, go on the Facebook page and make sure you like Cowboys Experience because in talking with Barry, you know, we're looking at maybe making next year like a Joe Boo destination trip from you know because I, I live in Northern Virginia. I know I'm not from Dallas, but does not mean that you are not a true blue Dallas Cowboy fan. Right. But doing a, like a destination game trip where we just get, you know, all of us up from up here and go together and end up sitting together, having party together and stuff down there, as well as doing some autograph signings possibly over the uh, um, off season and things. So definitely like the page and definitely keep up and following them. Yes, yes sir. indeed. And, and then on, on top of that, guys, there's only 16 games out of a year, right? Right. And uh, the more everybody that's in this thing support this thing, we can do more events because right, right now the budget is only set for eight games out of the 16. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the vision that Barry had that he, he, he poured upon me and said, you know what? If we can grow this thing to the number that we should be at, then guess what? We can fly out. So if those is like in other cities and things like that, when we play the away games, we can take this podcast thing on the road. Right. And so that would be so nice, especially like people that's in who we play next year. We'll probably play the uh the, the, the Miami Dolphins of the world, right? right. New England or, Patriots. Or, or, 
Well, the Patriots, we could be having a show, the Cowboys experience out there, where all of the Cowboys nations, everybody come together. And that's what I envision, that everybody come together and we do that same event that we do on the home game, mm -hmm. but out there. See, that's how this thing can grow. And I appreciate everybody. That's what you guys do. You help us out and we help you all out. Exactly. Well, we get better well, coverage out there for you. Well, to go ahead oh, yeah. and add on to that, though, now, because, uh, you know, you guys just see us here on the videos and things like that and think that it's really easy and everything else and this stuff just happens. But by you guys watching and supporting the channel and stuff, it enables us to do more and more things. I'm constantly trying to upgrade my channel, trying to learn how to use the equipment and stuff like that. And I'm actually looking at purchasing like a whole streaming kit. So that way we will be able to do production quality stuff um, at events and things to continue to bring you guys the best coverage. Mm -hmm. For me, having that experience that we had there being down on the field before the game meeting, you know, stash man and um, TLC and seeing all of these, you know, fan favorites and stuff and watching the team and, you know, seeing these guys warm up. I want you guys all to be able to experience all this stuff, even like training camp, mm -hmm. you know, Maybe we're looking at doing some stuff out there. So you always get the ESPN perspective and things like that and the talking heads. But guys like us, we're like everyday people like you are that want to see and do and know everything that's going on with the Cowboys on a different level. Heck, yeah, and I can definitely agree with that one right there. Jose Marin comments on Facebook Live. He says, you guys sure that Law Nation isn't James Harden's twin brother? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know he was gonna say that. And then Vach Lombardi tunes in. I heard that one. What? Yeah, big, big, big dog Vach is in here. He said, "What's cracking? What's cracking, Vach?" Hey, Vach. hey, and Vach is gonna be here on here as well because we're gonna be like doing a whole shit ding with everybody on here. So Vach is gonna be on here as well. Make sure you go out and check out Vach Lombardi's film sessions. They're man, they're second to none. I share them on the page a lot. He has his own unique perspective of how he brings it but he still breaks down those film like no other. So make sure you check out Vach Lombardi's film sessions. Go and like, subscribe to that page as well. Vach will be on here, and we'll have a big shading. Everybody, we just want to have everybody on here and bring that Cowboys news. But I want to bring out one thing to you guys right quick because as much as we got that five-game win streak, I want to ask you guys a few quick questions before we, uh, you know, call it a night. Um, we got the Colts coming up, you know, then we got the Buccaneers, and then we got the Giants. So – with that being said, you had that little injury with uh, Zach Martin, okay? And we got some other guys that might be not full health. Now, is this the time? Let's say we clinch and beat the Colts. Is this the time to rest, guys? Should they start slowing down, get healthy? Because you know that's always a talk around that playoff time. Should you rest, guys? Should you play, keep the momentum? And it looks like to me, when we kind of lost that momentum, we kind of fell off. And we got another – if we win, we could have another playoff home game. And you saw what happened when we played Green Bay. What are you guys – your thoughts on that kind of going into these last three games of the season? Oh, man, entering into the last three games – I want everybody to put their battle warrior mindset together. We got to fight. <laughs> we got to fight. Uh, now, I do know that Zach Martin, the only way he can heal his meniscus or what have you or whatever's going on with his knee is rest. So what I, what I think is we should try to do our best to win this game, regardless of one way or another we need to win this game so that Zach Martin can get rest. But everybody else, we got to fight. No resting. We, we learn from our mistakes, right? So we mm -hmm. got to get out there and fight. That's all I could say from there. What about you, Mark? For me, I think, uh, again, I would like to go out, get the pressure off of them, win the division, okay? Mm -hmm. Clinch. And, and then pay attention to what's happening with the Bears, okay? Mm -hmm. 
because if the Bears falter or look like they're going to falter, then you might have a chance to move up, you know, in in as far as playoff standings. Mm-hmm. But there's certain guys that you need to go ahead and get healthy. Tyron Smith, I'd be okay with saying, you know what, let's get Tyron out there, get Cam Fleming in for him. Um, same thing, of course, Zach Martin. You want those guys to be ready to rock and roll in there and get some extra work for some of these other guys in here. I'm not saying that we should just go ahead and rest the whole team, not play Zeke and Dak, but you want to make sure you do it in a smart way. You want to keep them you know, at tip-top condition. You want to keep them in game ready but you don't want to risk them, and you need to make sure you're healthy and ready. And the other thing that you need to start doing is you got Tampa Bay, okay? Okay, you should be able to beat Tampa Bay without a great game plan. But what you start needing to do is developing your attitude towards what you're planning on doing in the playoffs. We've been so predictable in things with our offense. This is the time to start coming up with the wrinkles so that way when we come out there in that first playoff game, they don't know what to expect from us. And by winning this game, that gives you some time, extra time to really develop that, at least in my mind. Well, you know what? I really like what both of you are saying, especially about the new wrinkles, uh, because like you said, you don't want to go in there predictable. Everybody's already talking about your own players are already talking about you're, you're doing the same things. You don't want to go in the playoffs with people already knowing what you're going to do. It's just going to make it's just going to put a stranglehold on what we're trying to accomplish. Don't stranglehold this offense kind of just you don't have anything to lose because you know what people already think we're going to choke you know what i'm saying people already think the cowboys are going to choke everybody across the nation is still saying guess what yeah you're winning these games but you know what's going to happen when you get to the playoffs you're going to choke like usual so people are still still thinking the same thing so dallas doesn't really have anything to lose in the national eye because they think we're going to choke anyway so go in there with no holes bar jason garrett go in there with nothing to lose let it all hang out don't care about anything because when we play loose and free, it seems like we play better when when they're not all uptight. Let it fly. Let us be loose. Let's throw in some – it's okay to throw in some no huddle. Throw in some no huddle right quick and get the defense off balance. And then, you know, back and forth. Send some blitzes like you always do. I just feel like, you know what, I said it at the beginning of the year that I didn't fear any NFC team. I didn't fear one NFC team this year because this was an opportune time this year to take it because I didn't think – you've seen the Rams, but I'm sorry. I still don't think the Rams is all that. Yeah, you got all – but a defense can shut them down, and it was proven with them Bears. This is a year where we can actually take it because the NFC is uneven. We have the talent to beat anybody. So, Cowboys, get your mind together. Coaching staff, get your mind together because we could actually do something like the Giants. Isn't what the Giants used to do this? They'd be 3-5, and 4-5, and five, everybody leave them for dead, and they go on this long win streak and win a Super Bowl. How about why Why can't we do this? Let me tell you what would be ideal right now, uh, Big Game James. I know we got to wrap this thing up, but – this would be ideal. Even if, the, let's say, for instance, the Chicago Bears went out, right, and we went out and we become the fourth seed. Whoever we play, uh, whether it be the uh, whether it be the uh, Vikings or whoever wins, and whether it be the Seattle Seahawks, we get that revenge from the Seattle Seahawks. Then we go up there to uh, L.A. Rams, we get that revenge from them. We roll it. Then whoever wins against those other teams, we're gonna be so much on fire because. The, the Seattle Seahawks, we owe them one. We owe them one by now, right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Even if we got to do it in the name of 2006, 
the bubble. <laughs> and then on top of that, the uh, the game from from the Rams from last year, the right. Switz, when right. he's bouncing the ball on the ground. Right. The Rams got pretty much the same team from last year almost, right? right. And we sh- owe them one. And we should have beat we them last them year. Yes. We should have beat both of them last year. Yes. Yes. I'm getting mad now, but <laughs> let me calm down a little bit. But we owe them one. Switch. <laughs> That's the thing that here's the thing that's interesting because everybody, you know, was already saying, well, the Cowboys are going to be one and done. But it's like, hold up, hold up. Right now, we're five and zero. Oh. We've gone through and won five games that most people didn't give us a chance. Mm-hmm. The Saints only scored what twenty eight this week against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's defense is what thirty first in the NFL. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so they're four and one. The Rams. They just lost to another defensive team after also losing to the Saints, whose defense has come along. Mm-hmm. So they're only three and two right now in the last five. So how is it that people say you don't have a chance? It's not about how you do in the totality. It's who's hot, who's playing well, and who's healthy in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 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 A lot of times you have teams that are, I believe, Minnesota Vikings were what fifteen and one. And end up losing right away. We've seen us at thirteen and three home game bye week lose to a beat the hell up Green Bay Packers. I remember when Green Bay was fifteen and one after right. they had that Super Bowl year and they lost. It's those teams that go to the Super Bowl, at least in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, always the Patriots do, but you know they've got a weak division, so they kind of hate walk getting there. Always are going to have you know home games and stuff up there where it's cold. But why not us? Why not us, right? I like that. I mean, why not? I mean, we it's always been happening to too many other teams, and the biggest thing to me is we have the talent. I, I'm not going to uh, crown Jason Garrett, but I'm going to give him his props. But I really give the staff his props and Jerry them props. I, I, I got on them, but you know what? They stay true to staying with LVE. Um, I didn't want him at 19. I wanted other players. They stay true to it and did not budge. And guess what? He's paid dividends. When everybody was questioning them cutting Dan Bailey, everybody was like, what are you doing? And guess what? They were right on that. You know what I mean? So, the, And even the Xavier kid that they got from the Texans, nobody even knew about him, and he was just sitting on that practice squad. He gets elevated and has become a savior for us when Connor Williams has been down. So right. the, the front office has made a lot of smart, good moves lately. They right. stayed with Randy Gregory when a lot of people were saying cut him. He's paying big dividends now. You see what he's doing. Jalen Smith, they said don't draft him. He's got drop foot. You're wasting a second-round draft pick. He's paying dividends. So we got to give the Cowboys staff some props because a lot of people, I I doubted them in, in, in some ways as well, but they stuck with their plan as far as what they were trying to do, and it's reaping the benefits now for the team as a whole. So just like you said, Mark, why can't it be us? You know what? I have bad Jason Garrett, but guess what? If we win a Super Bowl, I don't care if you say, Big Game James, you was wrong. So what? We won a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. We won it now. I don't care. You can, I, I have a big plate of crow. I will eat a big plate of crow if you want me to. I'll put hot sauce, whatever you want on it. But we won a Super Bowl, and I don't care. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what. That that would literally be my dream to be at the Super Bowl and watch the Dallas Cowboys because, you know, I'm old school. I'm old enough that I remember each and every Super Bowl the Cowboys played in. Okay? That's old. Yeah, you old. 
Yeah. Sign out. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you're old. You're old. Firefox. The, the big one. Um, but I have been to Super Bowl. I have seen the Eagles in the Super Bowl twice. I've seen the Giants in the Super Bowl twice. I, I can't even remember how many times I've seen New England. I'm talking about live. And I'm sick and tired. I mean, even right. the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals. Come on, man. Right. Come on, yeah. Come on, Cowboys. The Buccaneers, man. What are you talking about? For my Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Bears with the Super Bowl. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be freaking incredible to finally go and see them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That oh, wouldn't be nice. I, I'm praying. I mean, we're. I think we're all praying. I think. I. I, I think all Cowboys fans. I'm not going to speak for all Cowboys fans, but right now it's kind of like. We're kind of in in that, I don't know, frame. <laughs> like, I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get too excited. If I get wish, I don't want to get excited because I don't want to get let down. But damn it, inside, I'm jumping up, doing cartwheels, backflips, and all kind of things back there. Like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, Jay, just be cool. Just be cool because you know what can happen in the playoffs. But, man, the reason why I'm a little more excited than before, fellas, is because we have a defense. And I'm telling you, before when we had Rome on those guys, yeah, I knew we could outscore people, but we knew I knew if we left enough time on that on that freaking clock that that team was gonna come down and score and break our hearts like always. But guess what? This defense is showing me something different that it has not showed in a long time, and it showed it in that sense because how many times have we seen Drew Brees take that ball down the field and win games and break hearts? And that defense carried, and then against them Eagles, it carried. I mean, how many times do we see turnovers mess up and the defense make critical tops? The Eagles didn't do anything against us. We kept them in the game. You feel me? We dominated the Redskins. I mean, come on, fellas. I'm excited about this defense because I haven't seen this in so long, and we have a lot of different pieces. And if man, oh, man, I'm not counting on David Irvin, but, man, if he comes back at the end of the season and Sean Lee comes back at the end of the season, are you serious? I'm excited about that. And if they let Taco play just a little bit, I'm excited about that. I'm doing a Well, ha, I'm preaching to you right now, right now, Cowboys fans. I'm preaching to the Lord because we need a Super Bowl now. So, having said that, uh, uh I want me some glory hope. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right. Yes, indeed. All boy. right, so let me give uh, – because, like I said, we're about to head out here. We want to. We don't want to hold everybody. We appreciate everybody tuning in on our first live on the Cowboys Experience. Mark Holmes, Law Nation, Big Game James, Producer G, Voltron. We appreciate everybody who's tuned in. But I want to ask talk a little bit about these Colts because since this is our game Sunday, a lot of people are comparing the Colts to us. Because they're young, they have a lot of good pieces. You know, quarterback. They got a lot of they got a lot of young players on that defense, and they fly around the ball. What do you think about the Colts game as a whole? Do you think it's like kind of a trap game? You think we'll kind of go down because of the game? What are your kind of thoughts with this Colts team? Because I'm kind of uneven. I don't know what to expect with these Colts because I feel like we can play really good, but I feel like these Colts might give us a problem. Man, I don't want to give you guys my real thoughts about this. Tell it. You need it. Yes, you do. Let, let you want, man. You, you better tell, tell it, man. You got to tell it, dog. Got to tell the truth on here. Answer your seat. Stand. Get up off your feet. Because tell this us. is the thing. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil man. 
but blessed is he that is in the name of charity and goodwill. The coach don't have Ezekiel Elliott, my main man, 21. Well. They don't have that dog back well. there. Let me tell you something else about the coach. They don't have number 55. They don't have number 54. They don't have number 31. These Dallas Cowboys will be the Team, they're gonna beat down the coach. That's what I want to tell everybody right now who think the coach are the Cowboys. No way. Now I'm gonna tell you something. Else. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna tell you guys something else. Get up off your feet right now. Get up off those feet because I'm gonna tell you right now. Everybody, everybody doubting Dak Prescott, Andrew Luck is this and that. But watch when that Dallas Cowboy D Law when he come and hit him in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You guys crumble. already know mm-hmm. it's going to be medieval. That's all I have to say with that. Cowboy Nation all day, even twice on Sunday. You guys be locked, loaded, and ready, especially those Colt fans who are out there uttering the name that they are the Dallas Cowboys. Come on now. He said, come on, man. Come on, Mark. Talk to me about these Colts, man. What do you think about this game, man? I'm supposed to follow up church after, you know. After yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Dallas Cowboys have changed their mojo. Mm-hmm. This team, if there was going to be a trap game, it would have been this past week. Okay. All right. Because, you know, after having all the emotional wins with the Saints and everything else, taking, you know, they could have taken the Eagles who were beat down lightly and things like that. But this team, I think, is literally laser focused on the prize. Seeing Dak Prescott, and, you know, at first I was like, oh, Lord, he didn't really. Give those two kids those tickets and say, these tickets for the Super Bowl, and I want you to go because I'm going to be playing there. I believe this team, these guys, believe it. And in order to have something succeed, you must believe it first. And I think they are going to move heaven and earth, and they will give every inch. And you may not like Dak Prescott, but I got to tell you, he leaves it all on the field. He gives every single thing to everything he does. And I believe they have enough moxie, and I believe they're going to go in there, and they're going to take care of business and knock the Colts on down just the way they've been knocking everybody else down. Well, I love it. I love love listening to y'all on that. I mean, I y'all get me hyped on that, especially Law coming in with the preaching on, on, on the Sermon Sunday coming on a Wednesday because, you know, Wednesday's Bible study day, so you can still throw it in there, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's all good. Hey, but, you know, I'm going to keep it real. Uh, I still feel like we're going to win, but I just feel like they're going to give us trouble because, you know what, everybody gets hyped up about the Cowboys. We're on a five-game win streak. We're at their house, and I just feel like some teams just kind of play out of their mind. You know how you just play a team, and they'll make a catch that they would never make a catch before. They just make catches. And somebody who's we got to worry about who's a receiver who I wanted a tight end is Eric uh, Ebron. He's a guy that's been a dog with the Colts, and I actually wanted him. I wanted the Cowboys to pick him up because I was like, I think he could be good for us. And he's been an absolute monster uh, with the Colts. And we've had problems with tight ends. So that's just little things to kind of look at uh, on the defense. They have Eberflus on there. So, you know, we, we, let's let's kind of – he he might have an idea of what we do. So Linehan has been predictable. So get what I'm saying. Let's kind of be a little bit more tricky, Linehan. You had a guy who was in the, in the building and you're being predictable. Don't make it a predictable Sunday. That's what I'm coming from in my angle. But I definitely still feel like we can handle our business. My thing is, fellas, playoffs. I ain't worried about nothing else but these playoffs. That's what I want to see. The playoffs? Yes, playoffs. You feel me? Let me ask you this big game, James. What's up? If we win this Sunday, Mm -hmm. will we clinch? 
Yeah, we clinch if we win. We win the division. We win the division. We'll have that first. We'll have that what first playoff home game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm already envisioning that they're gonna be passing out. You get a hat, right? They pass out those hats, right? Yeah. We ought to, we might as well go ahead and order those hats out. <laughs> we win this Sunday, baby. Okay, let me order <laughs> mine. Let hats. me order mine. My hat's kind of big. Somebody find so. me the official division winning hats. Get them out. The Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Get your hat size ready, baby. Those in the chat box, get your hat size ready. Oh, oh and also, and, and guess what? You know what else, fellas? I was just thinking about it. We get that playoff home game that Cowboys experience, all you people out there, because I know we're going to be trying to get that experience of that playoff game. That's for sure. So you yes. people need to be tuning in every week because we're going to have some contests. You might be able to win a jersey, maybe an MS Smith, some, something good for everybody who's tuning in. So we're not just going to be talking the Cowboys football. We're going to be doing some giveaways. We're going to have a lot of interesting things going on. So please, folks, stay with this Cowboys experience show that we're going to start bringing every week you got my godfathers on there mark holmes my big dog law nation and i'm just big game james and i producer g voltron he brought this to you look at that all look at it that's all space you got that's just what he does that's why i call him voltron he forms the head you know what i mean feel me y'all all right i feel you man hey so let's get this w y'all got any last words for the folks out there that was tuning in today hey for anybody that's in the chat box, you guys already know. Put down your hat size. Let's get this thing going one way or another because we're going to have that division champions hat ready. Salute. Appreciate it. Mark? <laughs> and for me, I got to tell you, when we were there in Dallas, that joint was rocking. Mm-hmm. But I want to see that thing taken to another level. Yes. I want to see the roof tower off the sucker down there. We want to let people know how loud and how proud we are that when they come into our house, they're going to get stomped. Oh, I like that because that's the mentality we had to get back to because you remember back in the day in the 90s. Y'all remember even in the 70s. You know what I mean? I watched them. When you came into Dallas, we was going to kick your you-know-what. We weren't playing around. We weren't playing no games. And we, you knew if you played us, we were going to beat you. And I, that's the mentality we have to get. I, I, I get the players doing all the jersey swapping, but I ain't with all that. I ain't swapping no jersey with none of you guys. I just beat your head in. You give me your jersey at the end of the year because right now I step on your jersey and, and, and do all kind of dirty things to it because I don't care about your team or you during the season. You get what I'm saying? And that's the mentality that we need to get back with, domination and and take our rightful place of where we need to be is, and that is at the top. Yes, indeed. Feel guys. me? You got anything to say, Producer G, before we head out here? All right, so make sure we're about to sign off here, but make sure and tune in and like and subscribe to the Cowboys Experience. Barry, second to none, the page. We're building it up. We're going to do a lot of good things, so please make sure you keep on checking out the Cowboys Experience. He brought this to us. It was all basically – his opening and we're just trying to kick in the door and trying to make it even better for all you guys out there and give you the best cowboys experience out there for show all right so for me big game james law nation mark holmes salute to all y'all and we will see y'all next week peace